to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome to another episode of Mr. Trent Morgan. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me back. Dude, this is it's going to be fun. Tonight, I tell you what, we're going to talk about something that uh, the church doesn't talk near enough about, and that is heaven. Heaven, heaven, heaven. You know, I tell you what, less than 1% of all sermons given are about heaven. And so tonight, we're going to talk about heaven. He and I both have a passion for what's coming, right? Oh, absolutely. And and you don't want to say Revelation 21, this dude will get all revved up. We're saving that to the end. All right, but things that we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to be talking about what is your vision of heaven? But secondly, we're going to start looking at, here's some questions we're going to get into. Will heaven be boring? Will we have bodies? Will we still be ourselves? Will we know our loved ones? Will we still be married? Will we eat and drink? Will we uh, have purpose? Can you store up treasure in heaven? And what does the final heaven look like? So that is what we have in store. And, you know, we're going to try to answer some of those questions as best we can. Um, but those are all some pretty deep questions. One of my favorite subjects of all time, heaven. You know, I think it's important that we start here. Um why do you think more pastors and more messages don't talk about heaven? We talk about salvation and talk about the gospel, but, I mean, what, are, what, are, what do we think it's for? I think, I think technically, per, because there's not a whole lot that directionally, like, specific says, hey, I'm describing heaven. There's so many inferences that it does mention throughout the Bible, and I think maybe so that people can't get— uh, don't paint the wrong picture. I could see that in part. That they're afraid of it. Well, there's, there's, and as we're going to show tonight, there's actually quite a bit of scripture. And Jesus talks about it. He gives, you know, in fact, um, every scripture that we're going to pop up on the screen tonight is actually quotes, it's coming straight from the mouth of Jesus. Um, we're going to give quite a bit of scripture. And, and then really, we're going to kind of spend and, and, and sit there at the end uh, in Revelation 21. Uh, Revelation 21 gives a phenomenal uh, depiction and description uh, of heaven, in fact, out of the entire Bible, correct me if I'm wrong, that is the most descriptive, you know, uh, chapter of heaven anywhere else in the Bible. Absolutely. It gives the best depiction of what we can look forward to. Well, i tell you what, we, you know, so I want to go ahead and let's just start right here. You know, when I was a kid, um, we all have, I think, uh, including us, no matter how much you research, until we stand before the Father and we're in heaven, we're not going to know exactly what it looks like. But he gives us a whole lot of clues. And I, I remember as a kid, you know, we all have a mental vision. What's your mental vision? Um, you know, if you're listening, I mean, I remember as a kid, and I don't even know where this came from, but like when, you know, Sylvester and Tweety or whatever died. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And yep. I mean, all of a sudden they're, you know, they have angels wings and they're playing a harp. Playing a harp, just sitting there on a the cloud. I don't even know where that came from. It doesn't even make sense. Um, you know, but that that's sometimes, I mean, I remember uh, Jimmy Evans talking, giving a message and he said that he had a friend or he was brand new saved and he had, he's working in a appliance business and the friend and his truck was said, well, I don't want to just be floating around on a cloud. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, like it was going to be boring in some place that 
yeah. you know, it was just a casual, normal place, and he was going to be bored the rest of eternity. You know, and uh, and so anyway, and so Jimmy Evans, he went home. He he got some answers. He went back, and I, I, I I'm. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they eventually led that guy to Christ. But, um, you know, it's not it. But it is a physical place. One of the longest scriptures that I'm going to actually, I think we should read tonight, is about this. And and now here's the here's kind of what we're going to talk about. There are basically, you know, first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven. And they're just the physical locations. The final heaven is, you know, which we're going to get to. So I'm going to give a little taste and preview. Um, is basically new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem. And we live, you know, in, in a very physical place in eternity in this amazing place that we'll get to later on. Uh, but it's, it's a physical place. So the scripture I'm about to read, if you'll recall, but I'm going to give a little context here. Um, so this is Jesus. He's about to, he's about to explain what's going on in, in, in Hades and, and in heaven. And then if you want to recall, remember when Jesus, one of the first things he did after dying on the cross, is he went uh, to this place. He unlocked with a key. He unlocked, and he, he we don't know if it's, and this is the thing. The Bible doesn't exactly say where. It talks about the bosom, and we're going to read that, and then we'll touch on it some more. But he moved these people to second heaven. And that's when you die today, you go to second heaven. And it's a very physical place. Here's what the Bible has to say about that beginning in Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. And this is the longest scripture. I feel like we should read it, so I'm going to read the whole thing. But there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was also a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the uh, the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So real quick, I'm going to stop for just a second. This man, okay, he, he recognizes Abraham. He knows who Abraham is. Second, he also, he knew Lazarus in his life and he saw Lazarus physically. Okay, let's keep going. Then he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Besides all this, between us you, uh, you, between us and you, there's a great gulf. Uh, some talk about a chasm, but um, there's uh, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those pass from there to us. So there's a lot going on there. In fact, so from an evangelical point, this is the right after this. He's like, because he's want to go back. So well, let me at least go back and tell my brothers. And you and I were talking about this the other day. You know, what would be the point, right? There's a, there's a chasm fixed, right? They're not able to go back. That is the point of the human life and free will that it matters so much how you live this life. And it's on this one, because even though if, if, if the Bible goes on to tell, explain right after this, whenever the, 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 the rich man, he wanted to go back and tell his brothers, though, he said, but he, you know, he said, well, they, if you did not believe in life, no matter what you say to them, it's not going to change their mind. Which is, I mean, you think about that. He's saying that he's already seen how bad it is yeah. to not be with God. And that wouldn't even change their mind. And that's what's crazy. Um, so I, I, we could take a, a you know, a, 
you know, right turn and go here, but but let's talk about the physicality. So already we're talking about a physical place and physical attributes, physical things going on. Some, there's, there's other places in the scripture that talk about physical places. What are some of those? Well, physical places. So is heaven a physical place? Like when we say, hey, what's your picture of heaven? What, what is the need of salvation? Like, why do you need salvation? Why are you looking forward to heaven? When I talk to people about heaven, it's one of my favorite subjects, oh, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, me too. So you're talking to people about heaven, and they're like, well, I'm, I, I know that you're glad to, to go into the future, but I like it right now. And, and actually, so that's even a phrase. You hear Christians say that very thing. Yes. And so you're kind of, from my perspective, I get troubled about that. And this is where heaven and breaking it down of like, no, it is a physical place. Well, and it's the most beautiful, physical, amazing physical place that we could ever possibly imagine. Well, and so even take the very beginning in Genesis where God makes mankind in his own image. Let's, let yeah. us make man in our own image. We're made in the image of God already right now. So we are in a physical body, and as you go through these scriptures, what you're going to read is exactly at things either happening in heaven or that will happen in heaven in the future. But what you can pull out of those things is we know it's a physical place, right? We absolutely know it's a physical place. We also know that we'll be recognizable. So the Transfiguration on the Mount, uh, Matthew 17, 1. I'm just going to—we're going to give a lot of scripture tonight— I'm not going to show everyone, but in Matthew 17, 1, and who, who appeared before Jesus, right, is Moses and Elijah. I almost said Enoch, but it is Elijah. Well, yes, right. <laughs> um, I was thinking end times and potential, you know, uh, you know, prophets at the end. But anyway, uh, so they recognized them. And they were like, hey, let's build a tab tabernacle to all three, which means they were in some sort of a human form where they would recognize yeah, them. Yeah, they, they recognized and them. And called them by name and talked about building it. Now, when they looked at them, they became bright. Yeah. So it was a little different tent, but it wasn't a different It was figure. a different tent, but I think that also, think about all the angels. And Daniel, I just went through Daniel a couple times, just recently again. And the angels, okay, they're con what are they? They're bright. I, I think that, that right there is just the luminance of, of the presence of God they just stepped out of. You know, I think that's part of now. This is, this is the, you know, my opinion, okay? But that, that's the, I think, just the brilliance of God, the light. I mean, they can't, they, they, I mean, and not only that, the faith that they have, they've been standing before in, in the presence of God. And I, I think that is scriptural. And I think if, when it comes to the light, when God made the light, all, it didn't even, it was governed by the sun and the moon. People get confused that light comes from the sun and the moon. It doesn't. Light comes from God, God. And, it, and the and, sun and moon just govern it on day three. Light was made on the first day. And that, the thing is also, and we're going to get to it later, but in the final heaven, there is no darkness because we are constantly in the presence of God. And that's a good thing. I know some of you are thinking, hey, I like to sleep. We'll, we'll get to some of that, okay? Um, also, let's talk about Jesus, though, in the physical resurrection body. His body was a physical resurrection. I'm sorry, the, his resurrection body was a physical body. Uh, Luke 24, 36 through 43, you can go read it, but he says, behold, my hands and my feet. He says, touch me. He says, I am myself. He says, handle me. For does a spirit have flesh? No. He said, this is flesh. And then if you look at the end of that scripture, he said, and he ate in their yes. presence. Okay? Yes. So, you know, it's important. We're going to talk more about feasts and eating and all that kind of stuff. But we have quite a bit to get through. And if we keep, So I want to I make sure that we start hammering some of these other questions out. But you have anything else you want to add right there? Well, I think you can pull. He, he talked to um, Thomas. 
and he said, yeah. hey, put your hands where the nails were because Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I can touch that. Jesus still had the scars. So in his resurrection body, he still had the scars that he got on earth. He was still recognizable, and he was very physical because he could still touch him. Well, and it's important you understand Jesus said something to Thomas after that. <clears throat> he says, you know, bless, you, you, you believe because you can see and touch, but more blessed are those who receive me and have not seen. That's right. And, and, and it's important that you understand that because that's actually going to play a role when we get to heaven. Um, and so let's talk about that. Will heaven be boring? I mean, I don't know how this came up. <laughs> the either. creative God that made the world and that he put, he put, he made it in six days. And we have lived and seen the beauty of this world. We've seen the beauty of the mountains, the ocean, the beaches. Oh, it's, the, it's incredible. Nature, human beings, how complicated we are. And you think that where God dwells forever and ever is going to be less than that? Oh, you know what's incredible to me is so uh, now some of these shows are filled with gobbledygook in regards of trying to talk about evolution and stuff. But some of these, our planets and things like that, I remember they, when they came out with, uh, remember when HD, the HD TVs really kind of first came out and they did this, uh, it's it really well done. I think it's called Our Planet or something like that. And you, it went all over and all the way to the depths of the earth and just all these things, the, the creation was incredible. Um, you know, even Brandon, there's a show that we're watching, um, that's basically based on a book that's over in England and, and you, we watch the show and like, do they even know how pretty it is? <laughs> I mean, and, and so this is earth and we're not bored on earth. In fact, we're, many of us are chasing all the wrong, wrong things, but the first thousand. So first, a lot of times we, you may not realize this, there's going to be several steps. And I don't want to get into eschatology too much tonight, but there, first there'll be a thousand year reign. Jesus will reign over earth. The demons will be locked up. There will be humans, people living on the earth that aren't in nations and, and so forth. And they, many of them, even though Christ is here in their presence, uh, in, in ruling earth perfectly, um, will eventually after a thousand years, Satan will be loosed and there'll be a battle and everything else, but we will be rulers of nations. Just that first thousand years, this, I mean, right off, right out of the gate. Okay. You That's know. that right there tells you, first of all, for a thousand years, you're not dying in the thousand years and it's promised that you're going to rule and reign on this earth with Jesus Christ. And, and, and so that, and we haven't even really gotten to the good stuff yet. So if you want to know more about that, look at Revelation 20. Okay. But if, you know, not only that, the, the word, the Bible tells us that we will judge angels in first Corinthians six, three, it talks about how we will actually have dominion and authority that we will be placed in positions of even judging the angels. That's incomprehensible to me right now. But I'll tell you what, the Bible, it's the inerrant, infallible word of God. Sometimes we don't fully understand it. We can have, okay, I can agree with that with my spirit, but I can't fully see it yet. And I think we get there a lot when we're talking about things of heaven, um, that we can't fully see it. And it, it says, uh, and I don't think we put this one in there, but eternity. He put it in the heart of man, but you cannot fully comprehend it. He knew that there is something for us to think of heaven and eternity that we can't wrap our mind around. No, and, we can't. And he said that. But he also knows that when he put in certain scriptures, when he's talking, and in Revelation 21, when he is depicting it, he is giving you something to look forward to. I don't think it's any part of something that, because that was one of the things that when we first started visiting about heaven is like, hey, why do you want salvation? Well, it's to go to heaven, right? 
well, why do I want heaven? Well, yeah, and and on that point, so many people say, well, listen, man, I just hell's going to be fun. You have a misconception of what hell is. Hell, well, we talk about hell. We use that word, you know, totally incorrectly. It's been, you know, dumbed down and and nullified in so many ways. It it is going to be absolute torment. It says a gnashing of teeth. The worm will never die. I mean, it, it, it will be absolute pure torment. You don't, and it's not. So people aren't going to be down there hanging out. Let me tell you something. You won't have any buddies. You there's not. You're not going to be. You know, uh, going to the bar and doing this. Or anything. I'm telling. You, it's going to be nothing but tor- torture and torment. Smoke and brimstone and a bottomless pit and blackest darkness. Like, I mean, no part of that is fun. It's not so 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 you because I remember one of my I hate it when people say these in these movies, but they'll be like, you know. Uh, Go to hell, or you, or you first, or whatever they say, you know, or I'll see you in I'll hell. See, yes, that's what it is. I'll see you in one. hell. I hate oh. that. And, you know, uh, and I, I remember one of the, uh, we watched Star Wars stuff, but I'm pretty sure Han Solo said that, I'll see you in hell. And I'm like, that's the, just still whatever. It's just stupid. Uh, so, we want to go to heaven. Yes. Will we be ourselves? So, th- the answer is yes. We don't, I think there's a big misconception because so when we, when we die, it, I mean, we aren't, and then there's a lot of false teachings, okay, a lot of false teachings. In fact, a lot of false prophecies and heresies. Um, and some denominations stick to these things, that you're nothing but a spirit and you're just kind of floating around, um, you know. And there's, there's, that is, that's absolutely lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And I think that's the type of teaching that Satan uses, okay, to, you know, manipulate. So, oh, hey, well, listen, you're going to just lose yourself anyway. It's not going to be like that at all. So, yes, we will be ourselves. In fact, um, you know, the, ent- the entire point, when you look at the Roman road, that's the Roman, Roman road is what we talk about when we're talking about salvation. Um, we're a sinner in need, of a, in need of a Savior. That Savior is Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your tongue, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and God raised him from the dead, you're saved. That's salvation. Okay, that's really quick. Roman road. Well, What's the whole point? If we are not ourselves, the whole point is to be held accountable for our actions and how we lived here. That's the, I mean, when you go to the, the judgment seat and you get rewards, you're, you're going to have to have memories. You're going to have to recognize yourself and what you did in the life for it to be brought to you. Well, here in a second, I don't want to get too far. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you know, well, let's, well, yeah, let's just talk about it right now. So you and I both, uh, if y'all haven't read, y'all, y'all have heard me recommend this book before, but uh, Imagine Heaven by John Burke, um, Randy Alcorn's book about heaven. Um, there's some others. Um, there's a book that uh, uh, Heaven is for Real. And so this is, it was written by, um, I think Todd Burpo's the dad, Colton's the boy. And so the, the reason I like this, this one so much is because it comes from the mouth of a kid, and it was completely innocent. It happened over time. Uh, that they So this little boy died. I can't remember exactly how. He went to heaven. They call it an NDE, near-death experience, right? And so he comes back, and so he's talking about, you know, he starts talking about heaven and seeing things he's seen. He saw a sister that nobody, I guess it had, I don't know if it was a miscarriage or something, but he's had, and he talked about having a sister. But what I thought was amazing is he started, he talked about seeing his grandpa. And so the dad you yep. got this picture of this this uh, of the grandpa when he's older, he's, and and he showed it to me. He goes, "There's no old people in heaven, Daddy." <laughs> you know, and so right. so he went and he found another picture uh, of when he was younger. He goes, "Yeah, that's him." You know, he pointed. He he didn't know out of the picture. He pointed and said, "That's that's Grandpa." And he had never seen him. He'd never seen him. 
And and what's cool is so they kept asking him to say, well, what does Jesus look like? Because Jesus, he he played with Jesus. I mean, Jesus played with him. I mean, it was it's really a sweet story. It's a it's a great testimony about who Jesus even is. But so there, they kept showing him all these pictures. Does Jesus look like this? Does Jesus look like this? And I was going to show up, but I think there's going to be a copyright issue, so I didn't. You can go look it up. Um, but Aki Ann, she was another little girl that had an experience with Christ. Now instead of her dying, she had. Basically, God just kind of plucked her up and took her to heaven when she was a little bitty. And her story, when I say little bitty, I think she was like seven or eight years old. Anyway, God supernaturally taught her how to paint. And so it, it was unreal. I mean, it, it, even to this day, it's still unbelievable. Well, she, for years, kept trying to paint Jesus. She's painted him really well when she was young, and, and then that picture was stolen. But she, the, the one that she was trying to paint that looked just like Jesus, and get that, she couldn't get the eyes right until she was, I think, in her teens or something. But anyway... Uh, the little boy, though, saw that first one he did, and just out of it, it's on the news. That's what it was. So the little boy was watching the news, the, the story of Aki Ann, about this little girl who had painted who Jesus. Paint. yeah. And painted Jesus, saw Jesus, and painted Jesus. He, and he goes, there he is. That's Jesus, you know. And so what's cool is that you then, so those two stories kind of collaborate. They come together, and they say, you know, they don't. these kids never knew each other, but yet their story of encountering heaven and Jesus impacted and collided i I just saw yes i mean we will absolutely be ourselves well and so when if we are ourselves now we know ourselves what's the other most important thing to all of us our loved ones yeah yeah i mean we care about will we know them will we know our family and the people that we've built the deepest relationships with on earth well we know that let's let's just go back to even we're talking about the transfiguration right well they knew they knew who these people were now, and clearly, Moses and Elijah knew one another and knew Jesus, right? Okay, so these people that we encounter now, when you look at a lot of these other uh, encounters, um, one of the things, like 65% of them or something like that, usually say that they had a life review, you know? So kind of going back to that original one, so you have to know who you are, be yourself for a life right. review, okay? <laughs> um, but also, they, they, had, they were greeted by people that they loved. And that loved them. And sometimes they even talk about people that that had an impact on their salvation, you know, would greet them. But, yes, it's our, it's our loved ones. So we will absolutely um, have, you know, relationship and see our loved ones and know our loved ones in heaven. So, yeah, you go back to Abraham's bosom and Lazarus in the yeah, story. Yeah. He recognized his brother. Now, the the other side of that is— they were recognizable in hell as well. So you are going to recognize people and you're going to still remember your relationships and even still remember people back on earth. Hey, can I go help them? Yeah. Nope. Once your life is over, you, it's, it's, it's still over. Now here's, here's, I will say this. Um, and I cannot wait. I, I'm, 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 I don't want to tip my hand, but there's somebody uh, that's kind of within a path that uh, several weeks ago died and went to heaven, and God said, it's not your time yet, and they came back, and I cannot wait to hear more. However, in some of these other NDEs, um, they, it's just that. I mean, they were given glimpses and opportunity. So before, I mean, and they, it was before that they truly entered all the way into heaven, but still, they were given a chance. Once you die, when it's over, that's it. That is it. And I think God gives people glimpses, like this little boy and Aki Ann and some of these others, for testimony. And because what happens is when you start taking these from all over the world and over, you know, they, 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 they line up, 
And it's just, so I think that's to encourage us. But just like you were saying, though, once you're there, it's it, over. It's over. Um, so, yes, we will absolutely know our loved ones. Over. Now, and the depth of relationship, because I think that's something else that people wonder on um, pets and uh, best friends and things. And, and we talked about this. It <laughs> only did, makes yeah. sense that your relationship and, and you know, these NDEs, these near-death uh, experiences, experiences yeah. are unbelievable when you start listening the guy that wrote the book started out as an unbeliever when yeah he, he was, did when he was researching this book and he was really just doing basically uh, uh he was documenting people from all over the world and what they saw when they died and one of the common things that every one of them had was like a unbelievable love and oh, they were they, greeted by somebody that they knew that and, and that they talk about. I, I think we can share this much. I mean, when this is this is just things the testimony that we've heard from other people that we've listened to. But th that all of their senses were beyond anything they've ever 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 experienced on Earth. The sense of smell, the sense of touch, the sense of peace, the love that they and they talk about those who encountered Jesus. The love it's, it's undescribable. And they every one of them, every single one of them. Some of the most interesting. One of the interesting ones I remember was a, a woman who was blind on Earth. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. And, and, We're on the, on the roof. Yeah, well, so there was a couple of them. Um, the one, there was a couple of them that were blind. The one I was thinking about um, was whenever she was blind, and so she said she experienced, and it's the first time she really experienced vision, and it was incredible. And when they came back, they tried to ask her about color. She goes, well, I don't, I, I don't have a, I, I don't know about color. I, I can tell you that it was absolutely brilliant. And, and I talked about, but anyway, but she, that, that, which made it even more credible the way she explained things because she saw things that she had never seen before, including, I think it was that same person that saw that shoe or something. Yeah. She saw the shoe on the roof and yeah. she was taken through the roof of the hospital. Yeah, that's right. And she knew where like a blue single shoe was and she's blind. But she didn't know it was blue at the time. Did she? Well, Cause she didn't understand color. Oh, okay. She knew there was a shoe on the roof and since she was blind, and she was came back from this near death experience and was telling them the testimony. Somebody climbed up on the roof and was like, "I'm going to go check this out." And, and there was. literally, the shoe was exactly where she said it was in her NDE, <laughs> and she was never able to see before. So think of the impact of the people listening, and and the other thing on and we can go on on NDEs because you really should read the book. It's a great read, it, and it it's is really good for you to see. Because he does a really, I mean, it takes three, four hours to listen to all the documentation through it. But the awesome wonder that people feel well, when they see heaven and the love. They literally say they've never experienced nothing anything like in that. Life. No love. And no. I do think, you said, you asked earlier, hey, why are we not, why are we not, you know, more people don't talk about heaven. They don't want to do it in injustice. And also, there's no words to describe it. I mean, Jesus said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Yeah, we're actually. That I have planned for those who love me. Well, you know, and actually, that's actually one of them that we have, you know, right here. Um, you know, I think, you know, in Revelation 2.17. But he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I, I'm, I'm going to leave that right there. We're going to come back to that here in a second because the next part of that we're going to talk about in a minute. But is that he does talk about just... Not only that, what was the last thing that one of the last things that Jesus said uh, on the cross, though? When you know you had the the, the two, you know, he said, "Today we will be in paradise." That's right. Today, 
paradise. Today in paradise. And, and let me tell you something. Paradise isn't sitting on a cloud. Paradise isn't, you know, I think another misconception is it's going to just be, you know, an eternal, you know, church service. Let me tell you something. I don't want to do that either. I mean, that's, that, that's not what it is. When you were in the presence of God, everything changes. And, and you, you finally see, and here in a minute we're going to talk about you'll finally know who you are. But it's not like that. There's going to be adventure. There's going to be purpose. There's going to be excitement. There's going to be community and relationship like we've never experienced before. So, well, and so with your deepest relationship, who's your deepest relationship? My, my other than Jesus, my wife. Your wife, right? Yeah, On yeah. earth, that is the closest one. So and that's the question. Everybody asks, yeah. hey, will we be married in heaven? So that's a common question. So Jesus is actually talking to the Sadducees. Matthew 22, uh, verses 29 through uh, 30. And the Sadducees are trying to um, corner Jesus. First of all, let me tell you who the Sadducees are. They don't even believe in the res physical resurrection, okay? Um, in fact, so they, they, but they were trying to say, well, what about this guy's been married to this one person? You know, this woman's been married X number of times or whatever else, okay? So who will she be married to in heaven? He said, well, so he, first of all, he, he dismisses him, but he says, you will not be married or be given a marriage in heaven. Jesus, what is the very first thing? The rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, I think he's right. Anyway, he talks about the rapture and in most other places, but that he comes back for his bride. And during that that the tribulation, we're gonna I'm a that's not for the conversation today, but during the I believe the entire tribulation, I'm a pre-tribulation guy. Maybe I should talk about that someday. But we will have the bridegroom supper of the lamb, and we are going to be the bride of Christ. Now, some of you immediately as I say that might be depressed thinking, you mean I'm not gonna be married. Let me tell you something. Your wife or your husband is still your family in heaven because now the relationship changes, and I believe will be far better. Imagine a relationship with your wife when you don't have the accuser or your husband, when you don't have the accuser sitting on your shoulder, accusing one another to each other, or sin, or, or, or any type of insecurities. All of that is gone. The relationship will be so pure. So much more pure. And, and not only that, the, the, the relationship will be, I believe, we will be closer and tighter than we've ever been on earth. It'll be deeper. And you've got to think, when you surmise all this together, that God is relational and he's into people. That's, his, that's what he loves, right? That's what we're doing. That's why we want salvation is to save people to all live together yes. forever. Well, he knows that we have special relationships with our wife. And as, the more I've focused on heaven and the thoughts of jesus a lot of it makes more sense love your wife like christ loved the church yeah when you really dig down into eternity and you're saying that all of the decisions led you to an eternal home and the person that fought with you and that had your back the most and that you went through the most trials together yeah. and you accomplished the most together is your wife you raised kids together you did business you did dealt with health you dealt with finances you dealt with relationship they knew you better than anybody else that is going to continue all of that you will look at that, that, that person history super oh, special in heaven and heaven yeah. because it impacted your eternity and that was the person you did it with well my wife is a proverbs 31 wife you know if you, if you don't know what that is you can go read it but basically it just talks about what a good woman does for a man and she has had, out of anybody, you know, in my, in my life, she's had the biggest impact in my walk with God and, 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 and so forth. And so that is going to be even more special when we are in heaven uh, together. So 
the other thing that I think – do you have anything you want to add on that? Well, I, I want to say I think that – I think that when you talk about your wife and your husband and people are saying, hey, I just really want to be the one that's most special to you, do you realize that that's probably locked in, that nobody can go back in time? Yeah. And so – it's not the same as being married to Christ. That is a greater joy. That is a greater joy, and that's because when Jesus said that, and they were married to seven different brothers, and he was trying to trick them, the Sadducees were, and and all of a sudden, he's saying, basically, no, 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 the most special relationship, you will be married, they'll be married to me, right? And, and think of that, too. I know guys a lot of times have a hard time talking about being the bride of Christ. I used to when I first started when I was young. Okay. And it's because you have all this stupid, you know, notion of, you know, intimacy sexually and all that stuff. That ain't it at all. Think of this. Who, who, first of all, think about who has the most authority in, to speak into your life in a healthy relationship, in a healthy marriage. But also think about it. I mean, she, my wife has anything that's mine is hers. Anything that hers is, is hers is mine. There's nothing that I hold, withhold from her or vice versa. I mean, and that's what a healthy marriage looks like. I know that some of you might be listening and say, well, it's not a way it is in my home. And there's a couple of marriage podcasts, Brandy, that I did. You can go listen to. But, <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's what it is. Now imagine that with the sovereign creator of the universe, with yourself, with your savior, literally your savior. And, and that's what it looks like. And, and we're going to talk more about our purpose here in a minute. But that's, don't, don't let your worldly view of what <laughs> being a bride is, uh, warp you there because that that's sometimes the the, the enemy will go to work on you honestly you had inspired me <clears throat> i'd never thought about the seven year period of tribulation where the marriage supper of the lamb is taking place and you really triggered my thoughts i thought about the thousand year reign i thought about eternity i've thought about heaven that seven year period <clears throat> where we are the marriage supper that we are special and get to enjoy that together that's right. Now, when that marriage supper of the Lamb, supper means, so we know that we're going to know ourselves, we know that we're going to know our loved ones, and we know that we're going to know our wives, but we're not going to be married. We're going to be married to Jesus. So what are we going to do in heaven? Will we be well, able to eat? Well, I'll tell you what, right off the bat, the marriage supper of the Lamb is just that. It's a feast. And now, time in heaven is completely different than time here. Everybody that actually, in those NDEs, they talk about it. And it's, it's almost incomprehensible unless you, I think you experience it. Because our entire lives are based off of time. I mean, think about it. We have a time for everything. And the Bible talks about a time for everything in worldly terms. But, you know, we're going to be, it's a seven-year roughly period. And it could be slightly more than that. I believe the rapture happens. There's going to be all kinds of chaos. A lot of times people misconceive that the tribulation is kicked off by the rapture. And that's actually not true. Um, what, what's, you can set your clock by the number of days of the tribulation. In fact, go back to Daniel chapter 10 and it'll talk about exact days but that begins in the tribulation and that kicks off when a treaty is signed uh, by israel and the and the all their enemies around in the middle east so that they can build a temple okay and so halfway and the reason we know this daniel gives a very uh detailed and he gives exact number of days 1260 yeah and then, then well there's two sets and then there's a third i i can't the second one was slightly different but it has to do with in, in our terms, three and a half years, right at the very middle of the tribulation, um, then the, the Antichrist will step into, it's called the abomination of desolation. He steps into the temple, the newly built temple, and he says that y'all will all worship me as God. Okay, well, so my point is, is that the, between the rapture and the treaty being signed, I, I, I really have no idea how much time that could be. Um, 
it's not going to be a lot of time, but that's where we're going to be. And what are we going to do? We're going to have, it's going to be a feast. A feast. We're going to be eating. We're going to be drinking. In fact, <laughs> in Luke 22, uh, 22, 18, Jesus said that he would not drink of the vine, the fruit of the vine, which is wine, okay, uh, until he comes for his bride, for his church. And he says his bride, okay, and that is us. And so the other thing, you know, if you go start looking at the scripture, I was, uh, it's amazing when you start looking at it. We mentioned a little bit ago um, when Jesus, in, in his resurrection body, he was eating, but there's a lot of scripture that talks about eating. To him that overcomes, to him, <clears throat> to him I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelations, that's, that's singular, Revelation uh, 2 7. Um, so there's, I mean, we're going to be eating. And we're going to be celebrating, and it's going to be a feast, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be the best party you ever attended. I mean, bar none. And I want to stretch people to think, like, when we say we're eating, the best restaurant, a Michelin-rated, five, like, three-star Michelin-rated restaurant anywhere in the world is going to be delicious, right? I don't think it's going to be anywhere close. I don't either. To what the type of food that we're going to get to enjoy without the the gaining of the weight without oh, dealing yeah. with any of the health problems. <laughs> That's without, right. Like, so think of that. And, 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 you know, all these experiences, when people talk about their senses are through the roof, they can, they think I, I, I struggle with sometimes this time of year, just with allergies, right. You know, and being stopped up and, and like that, this rain was really good. And I was walking back by some trees that we, I mean, you know, we have a whole row of trees and it smelled like Colorado. I could smell, oh, that smells so good. And versus like being stopped up. I, if you remember COVID and if you had COVID, I don't know. I lost my sense of smell for a while and taste and that stunk, man. Oh. And, and, and uh, it was horrible. Well, think of this. It, even the best moments of our life where we could smell the best, it's, it's going to be amplified to a level we can't even really comprehend. So you take your level of smell and taste and, and not only that, what do we do? We eat with our eyes first, right? I mean, it's going to be everything about it. It's going to be just Taste, an, smell. You, you're in the atmosphere. You can consume whatever you want. And do you not think that Jesus saves the best for last? Oh, it's, it's going to be the best. And we get to consume, you know, things that on earth may have not been good for us, like in regards to just, you know, the, the, the wine or whatever else. So it's going to be beautiful. Um, this is we're kind of getting into some of the stuff where I think is kind of some of my, more of my favorite topic. Brandy and I, you know, it seems like lately I can't. I've talked to a bunch of people, um, you know, in marriage, um, and then also just some some young men, um, but they are looking for purpose. And uh, the one thing I always tell them: if you don't know who you are, you can't find your purpose. That's biblical, right? Um, our our identity can only be told to us from Christ. In fact, in the parenting. A podcast that uh, is presently out um, in, the, in the the fourth section. We talk about identity, um, but our identity, who we will in heaven, we will finally know who we truly are and what our purpose really is. And this is where we were talking about the scripture, and I wanted to bring this up. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. So that's why we're talking about we're eating in heaven a minute ago, right? Um, I bet you that's good. Manna in heaven, that'll be amazing. Um, and I will give to him a white stone. So it'll stop. Okay? This was, I remember for years, I, I just, I missed this. And, and I remember when I first realized what this was saying, it says, to, and to him. So we're, we're, we're about to get our rewards in heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, can you imagine Jesus just saying, I'm proud of you. Well done, 
you, you know, you've, you've raced the race and you finished it well. And he gives us this white stone. Wow. And it will, on the stone, it says a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Only you and Jesus will know what your name truly is. And, and I honestly think that that will speak to your identity. And, and this is what I tell people, too, because I really believe this with all my heart. We all want to be valued. Yeah. We yeah. all want to feel like Well, and that's that we what the world plays place. on too. Yeah. Yeah, like man, I want to have a seat at the table. I want to be invited to heaven. I want to be wanted, right? Yeah. And he's saying to you, "Hey, I'm going to give you so much value that I'm going to give you a stone that nobody's like you and nobody can take your place. You belong. I want you here." I cannot wait to enjoy you and give you all the things that I've been planning up for all those who went through such yeah. tough times. Because Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. You will suffer. He, so there, he you will knew have tribulations. that you're going to yeah. suffer. He knows that you're going through tough times. He, he and does. he's encouraging you. And, he, and I can't help but think that I know knowing God's nature and watching the Bible that he can't wait. To watch us light up and watch us shed tears of joy think and, of, of this. and of true happiness. Well, think of this, okay? The Bible talks about, you know, even bad parents don't you know, give their, their, their kids good gifts, okay? Um, and, 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 but here's the thing is that, you know, gee, well, the Word tells us that every good gift comes from God. And that's in this world. But think of this, that you—I know watching my kids, you know, I want to bless my kids— and when I watch them receive a gift that I know they've been excited to get, like I remember, you know, I've got two kids driving cars now, you know, and, and the, when they got to, you know, get in their vehicles for the first time and, and that oh, kind yeah. of thing, just, just have the, the joy and exuberance and the feeling of identity and, and oh, and you just, and acceptance and, 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 and being included, all these things, right? And it's nothing compared to, to that moment. I mean, there's never been a moment that we've ever experienced that will be like when Jesus is going to give us this white stone. And whenever he begins to, we're going to talk more about just, but our treasures in heaven, but you know, the things that await us and it's, it's just going to be such an exciting and fun time. And here's something else that you're going to, that I, I want to point out. I can't wait to see what Trent gets, not, not me, Trent, that Trent. Okay. And, and I'm going to be so excited to see. That's the thing is that there, I'm excited. There's no coveting. I'm excited because I know what you've done for the kingdom of heaven in this world, what you continue to do. And I'm excited for you. And I'll be even more excited up there to see what God presents you, you know, and, and I won't get to see what's on that white stone, but I will get to see many of the rewards that he gives you in purpose and authority and identity in heaven. And I'm excited about those things. And that's where you celebrate together. And yes. you have a togetherness and a unity in heaven that we do not have on earth. Yeah. We do not have it. We're not living in it. We can't even comprehend it. And that is something that, that you really need to challenge yourself. If God is really good, then you have to know it's getting better and better. And he knows our tough times and he has something for us. And we have a purpose. And when he has a future that we get to enjoy. And when I get to watch you enjoy and I get to watch my kids enjoy. Yeah. And, and, and I have learned in, in my head, I can think of it. In this perspective of, did you know you can only give me so many things to enjoy or so many meals in a day? I can't eat all the best meals in the world, right? No, that's right. So as a, as a 
person, I can be completely filled up and have the best meal and the best possible day or life that I can have. And there's plenty more to go around for everybody else. Yeah. And in heaven, we like you said, we won't have the coveting. We won't have the, oh, what did you get? We will actually be genuinely happy and get to celebrate what we have and what you have and what we can accomplish together. That's that's really we'll understand when it, what the what the uh, when the talking about the the body of the church really is, you know, there because we will be able to fire on all cylinders and use those gifts for the kingdom of heaven. So now that that brings up the next point, which is a this is a very valid question, and you and I both live with a passion for this one. Yeah. Can we store up treasure in heaven? I mean, can the way we live this life impact something for forever? Well, I'll tell you what. We have, we live in a very perverted society that stores up treasure for themselves. Um, you know, the American dream has become perverted because people have made it about things. But let's look at the scripture right here. Because it says, you know, uh, in my father's house, I go to, well, actually, yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and read this. But in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And uh, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, the Bible also says that we are not to store up treasures in this world because the, these world and, and moths and, and, and rust and tarnish will destroy any up, think of this. How many of you have ever been in, uh, like, even in Amarillo? You know, you look at the houses that were built 75 years ago in Amarillo, okay? And some of them are just, they continue to deteriorate, right? I mean, we try to slap more paint on them and upkeep them and everything else, but everything, everything, the nicest place, the nicest mansion, everything on earth is going to eventually be upended and gone. Every, there will be nothing left. Uh, I remember going to some of these ghost towns up in Colorado. You ever go get up in the mountains and go into some of those ghost towns? And it's really, it's cool. And you think, but these were, it wasn't even that long ago, 140 years ago. And you're standing in something that where all these people used to live, but now, I mean, they're ruins. All these things are going to go away. Well, you think in Israel, like you literally go over piles of rubble yeah. that mean something or have some, because... Back in the day, they were where they lived. That was a house. Now that's just a pile of, of rock. Right. And and it means something to somebody. It meant something back in the day. So he's saying, hey, you can store up treasures in heaven, right? So Jesus said, how do you do that? Well, I, w- I want to bring one up where he's saying, hey, if you even give a cup of cold water to a little one. This is you as though you not, give it to Jesus. Yes, you will not lose your reward. Anything that you've done in my name... Well, this is the scripture that we were actually talking about in Matthew six nineteen through 21. Do not lay up treasures uh, for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up uh, for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It says also another scripture that this is out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Those two go together. So we're sitting here talking about heaven. That's where our heart is, okay? And and the things that we want to store up, let me tell you, God's currency is love and people. Yes. That's it, okay? He owns a catalog. The, this was a really big number whenever they wrote this down. Sometimes when you read scripture, you're like, well, I mean, that's a lot. But, but he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing that exists that is not his. It, it, he owns it all, period. He owns it all. And we're about to start talking about what heaven looks like here in a minute. And when we start breaking down some of the 
just the description of what it looks like and the jewels and the 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 precious metals and all these things i mean it's it's, it's in such abundance that it's used for the roads but when we talk about storing up treasure in heaven every person that we tell about jesus now they don't not even the ones they don't have to accept them okay that's on them there's uh, somebody that asked me a long time ago that, so anytime somebody asks me for money, I give them money. And that includes people on the street. Um, I'll have people come up to me um, all the time. And sometimes somebody said, well, they're just going to go buy, you know, uh, booze or drugs with it. And it's like, you know what? They might. But I'll tell you what, one time I was going to give and God said, that's not for you. I have, well, he told me, he said, I have told you to give. It's on them what they do with it. That's right. Okay. And, you know, I am not that person's savior. I give, give money and I tell them about Jesus. That's treasure in heaven. And it's not about just physical, like money. Um, just like you were saying a minute ago, a cup of water, a kind word. Oh, my goodness. Um, we live in a word filled with harshness. And when you can comfort somebody, not in their sin, comfort somebody. And, 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 and even if they are sinful, you know, don't condone the sin. Just love on the person. That's treasure in heaven. Well, and so we're talking about, can you store up treasure in heaven? And, and the word clearly says that you can. So now we, I want to focus in on, hey, what can you do? And I'm telling you what's really wearing me out with, with Christians right now yeah. is, man, you have three things. You have your time, you have your talents, and you have your money. Yeah. And so w- we need to lay this premises because when we get into Revelation 21, it's going to blow your mind. So... When we know that our time, our energy, our talents, and our resources can produce in the next life, okay? That's a very key thing because, you know, when God looks at your, when people say, oh, I'm not going to give, they don't need to build another big church, or I'm not going to give to that, they don't understand. It's your heart I had that issue. conversation with somebody the other day. I said, this has nothing to do with their, what, what they do with this, about what you do. This is the same, goes all the way back to the very beginning with Cain and Abel. You know, one offering was accepted and the other was not now, some people aren't even given an offering. They'll do it kind of like, eh, whatever, but begrudgingly. But let me tell you something. To give is to give with joy. And, and, to, and not only that, it's not, you think, it's, that's, we're talking about tithing there, okay? But just to give everything you just said, you know, your, your time, your talents, your money. What are you doing for the kingdom of heaven? And here's what, here's what I would say. Um, I know that there, there were seasons when Brandy and I, we had so many little ones. We were drowning, man. We were just drowning, and I, I was not nearly as plugged in in some of those seasons as I am now. And that's okay, and God understands that. That's okay. But even in those seasons, there were opportunities that God would present before me. I mean, helping helping somebody you see struggling, you know, changing a tire. I mean, be careful, I guess, on some of that. <laughs> Listen, hold, ask the Holy Spirit first. <laughs> right. Okay, but I mean, but there's, there's, there's so many different things. My heart, and I know yours is as well, um, is telling people about Jesus, leading people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, and you're not going to be motivated. So all the people that are like, oh, that's for somebody else to do. They're not, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you're called to do it. The same person will be working for 30 or 40 years and meet with somebody every year to plan for how they're going to retire. They're saving money. They're stashing money in a savings yeah. account. They have a Roth R, uh, or a RA They've, they've got so many ways to save. They have land that they're saving. They have a way that they're going to live for retirement. They have all these plans, but yet for eternity? Yeah. It's because they. I don't think they truly believe that you can store treasure. So we are driving home the well, point. Well, I want to go back can. to you, you said something, and I want to say this. 
I, and I'm going to let you talk about it because I like how you said it the other day when we were just chatting. But it says right here when it says, you know, if it were not so, I would have told you. This is Jesus speaking. Every scripture we're showing on the screen tonight is Jesus speaking. And I think that you had a, a good insight on that. Well, so Jesus, I, I think the same Jesus who says, hey, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't add anything to it. Yeah. He paused and he says in that scripture, hey, I got a mansion for every one of you. And instead he pauses and said, if this were not so, yeah. I wouldn't tell you. He knew as people read that in the future that they would not believe it. It sounds too good to be true. Oh, now you're just painting a picture to get me to do what you want. No, no, no. I'm, he has what, you, a mansion for you that he can't wait to get physical, you. physical place. I don't think people understand God is not afraid of extravagance and opulence and money and beauty and it's just not what he lives for because the commodity is people and relationships. That doesn't mean he doesn't understand uh, how to enjoy it. That's and that right. he doesn't think that they're good things. And so when you really know that, that how you're living this life has an eternity. And I want to say something right there on this is, did you know the one thing that never changes in all of eternity? Now, this, I, when I really thought about it, it blew my mind. I can never go back once I see him and what we're fixing to get to. Uh, I know, I know what you're about to talk about. I, I, I'll never be able to go back on earth and live for Jesus and dedicate my money, my talents, and my time ever again. I can never go back once I see him in this glory and once I really know that these words are true. Yeah. And that I could have it stored up treasure in heaven and I could have done all those things. It's too late you, at that it, point. You never get to go back. Yeah. And so we have the truth. We have the word. And he's saying, hey, go do this and store it up. I, I want to give to you. I'm a good giver. I got lots of gifts. I won't run out of gifts. I need somebody that wants it. I want somebody coming after my heart. I want somebody that's leading other people so that we can all be in heaven together. So now we're fixing to get into my favorite chapter. Part. I know, I know. And I'm going to start it. Let's and go. then I'm going to let you just run loose here, all right? So in Revelation 21, so what's going to happen, and this is the third heaven, it says that there will be a new earth, there will be a new Jerusalem, there will be new heavens. And basically all of creation, us and Jesus and God, we will be living in the same physical area and location. Now, the new Jerusalem, if you, if you go ahead and you look at the, the, the specs of this thing, it's on. Believable. In fact, it it wouldn't fit on this planet. I mean, it kind of could, but it'd be so far out in the atmosphere, right. <laughs> you know. And 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 so this is where when we start reading all this, um, that your mind begins to explode. So I'm going to turn you loose, man. Tell us what Revelation 21 says about heaven. Well, okay. So my favorite chapter, and we talked about it earlier, the one that describes heaven in the entire Bible, that says, "Hey, here's what it looks like." I'm going to give you a glimpse. I can't. And I really, truly believe he can't put it into human terms. No, everybody even this goes and sees, you know, the, the intermediate heaven is what uh, Randy Alcorn calls it, a second heaven. They, they can't describe it, right? And so we know that that's just, that, that's what's coming, but we can't even. And so they, can't describe, they can't describe it, right? It so, so if it wasn't yeah. in human terms, that's probably why a lot of this isn't mentioned. But he does give a good chapter of what it does look like, and he gets really detailed in this one chapter. Before you get going, I want to say this. If you've never read the book of Revelation or understand it, it was written by uh, John. John is the only uh, you know, disciple 
that was not martyred. Um, I'm pretty sure. And he was, he, now he was, you know, basically an outcast on the island of Patmos um, when he wrote this. And so Jesus appeared uh, and gave him this. So the words that when you look at Revelation 21, they're in red. And it's because it's, these are coming from Jesus' own mouth, speaking these words, explaining it to John so that he could write this down. This is what's going to happen at the, at the end of the ages, and this is what you have to look forward to. So, and, and I'm, I, I want every one of you to go outside, look at the sky, and play chapter 21 of Revelation out loud and imagine it for yourself. Okay, but a few of the things that it says in there is that the new Jerusalem comes out of heaven. So we get a new heaven and a new earth is what it's saying. And the new Jerusalem is 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. Which is hard to comprehend. It literally also says that the same measurements of angels are human measurements. So now he's putting it into scale and perspective for us. And he's saying that, hey, we've got a wall here. It's 72 yards tall, okay? We've got gates, three on, on each, each side, side yep. right? And With an angel one, guarding each gate. And each gate is a single pearl. So now we're getting into Here, Here's what, yeah, this is costly, what's hard to comprehend. Yeah, uh, costly material. God's not afraid of costly extravagance. It's not just cost. It's nothing like this exists on earth. Nothing. This, this, this gate that you're about to describe. It literally is a single gate. That is a way in and out, three on each side, and it has the names of all the 12 tribes of Israel, right, that are the original. Then it has 12 foundation stones that are the 12 apostles that are specifically named with different types of stones, and it names each stone. And these are beautiful. I I mean, it's just, it's it's truly paradise and beautiful. It's nothing but beauty and stones and preciousness. It's literally laying the floor and the and the streets. This is where we get streets of solid gold. Well, and here's here's I want to say this too. There's so when a lot of these people have an encounter and they they see th- things, but when it talks about transparent, when gold is absolutely pure, um, that it actually it, it is. It has it's, it's transparent. So where used to the imp- the gold that we see is imper- is is imperfect gold. It has you know junk in it. Well, and so I think. As you're walking up that road to meet Jesus, you're walking on solid gold, yeah. wide and deep, deep and long. It's going to be more value on just the road to go meet him than all of the earth's treasures combined. Oh, it is, yeah. And then he says, hey, no more sun, no more moon. God himself will be our light. He is the light. No more darkness, no, no more sickness, no more death, no more pain. No more sorrow. These are the things that God is promising for forever. Yes. And he's mentioning and he's telling you and and he's giving a good description of a beautiful, wonderful place that if you really believe that, you will serve him. You want to go. Why, he, why wouldn't you want to? It blows he, my mind. It, it's, it's, I think it comes, it goes all the way back to, you know, Satan tries to, to, to get in and, and to just twist and manipulate everything. And including including the vision or view that we have of heaven. It goes back to how we began this podcast is how do we perceive heaven? And if somebody doesn't tell you about heaven, if you're not reading the Bible and doing the research yourself, you've never had a description of what heaven is and, and what eternity and a paradise looks like, then it makes it easy for the enemy to come in. So that's why it's important. That's why we wanted to talk about this tonight. We're two evangelists. That's our heart, man. We want to reach people for Jesus. But why? 
Why do we want that? Well, yes, there is a piece of us, and people are like, oh, you just want your rewards. You want crap. No, no, no. You're not understanding. I know that my ability to receive is still small. I'm one single. He could give me everything I ever wanted, and there's still tons left over. There's, there's, it's incomprehensible. There, there's, He's the sovereign creator of the universe. He owns everything. There is nothing. He, he doesn't have to worry about resource issues. He is the resource. <laughs> he can make more with his words. He did. So <laughs> when that's the case, we say, hey, and he said, the great commission is go spread the gospel. And then we start looking at it and our lives reflect what we believe. We're living what we believe. And it says the great commission of, hey, go tell people, make disciples in all the world. Tell them about me. That's right. And the only way to the Father and to this paradise and to this new place is, Jesus. is through Jesus That's Christ. It. Every and here's the thing is every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that, that includes the unsafe people. When that scripture, when it's talking about that, it's talking about people right now that, that are, you know, on earth that even say and spew horrible things about Jesus and Christians. I don't want that for them. I want them to just soften their hearts to let Jesus in. And let me tell you, I, I say this all the time. They go around spewing hatred everywhere. And as Christians, okay, and I just want to give a little plug here for evangelism and treasure in heaven. If you're around people who are that nasty, being nasty back isn't going to want them. Hate never want anybody to yeah, cause ever. Never. So our goal here, you know, is to love people into the kingdom of heaven. But tell them about what heaven is, that there is a Savior, and that there's a God that created, that came and died on a cross for them, and that there is an, a, a paradise that awaits them in eternity. And it's the only place where you get to eternity. You get to live forever. As the you only, eat it. of the tree of life in the forever. paradise of God, and you, are a, you live forever with him in this eternal beauty receiving what he says that you can't even imagine that he has planned for you. He has a mansion for you. He has a white stone. So what we're, what we're really saying too, is this, you're living what you believe. You are. If I see a person walking across a bridge right now and, and I don't yell at them and, and it says that they will know us Christians by our fruit. Our fruit and love. We yeah. love people. That's how. So if I watch somebody going across a bridge and I don't say to them, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, stop. There's a car fixing to hit you. you that's dangerous. Right? That That's a simple thing. But how, if, how much greater is it when we have opportunity for the things that are eternal and that, we don't that, do it? If I know that you don't make it into eternity, into that paradise, and you wonder why I'm so motivated to tell you about Jesus and his plans for you, it's literally so you will get that for that's forever right. as well. And if I believe that you can live your life in a way that gets you that eternity yeah. and you store up treasure, I can't help but tell you. So people Well, it wonder, goes back to that out of the abundance of the heart. You know, the mouth speaks. And, I, and as you can tell— you know, we get excited about this subject, and and I know we're we're running out of time here, and it's been a long podcast. But I hope that you've 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 stuck around, and and, and this has spoken to you, and maybe given you a different insight or perspective uh, as to what heaven is, and who Jesus is, and what He did for us, and what's coming. We all can agree that things are pretty yucky right now out there in the world, and uh, that's not a hard topic to sell. Um, but the one thing I will tell you is that. We're going to be standing before heroes of our faith soon, and they're going to be asking us, what was it like to live in those times? Because they'll know the opportunities that we had to tell people about Jesus that we will see come to fruition in our treasures in heaven. 
So I just I'm first first of all, Trent man, thanks for coming back on. I, we could keep going, and maybe maybe we'll pick up and and keep going on another podcast. But an hour is a long time to listen, I know. And I just want to tell y'all, thank you for listening. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's my one of my literal favorite subjects. Thanks again. And it's, it's been a blast. And I want to tell you, uh, you know, online, please tell your friends about the podcast. Give us a thumbs up if uh, this ministered to you at all. That really is important in letting other people see it and getting in their feeds. And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I just want to tell you, man, it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And it goes like this. All you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is God, is Lord, and God raised him from the dead. Romans 10, 9 tells it. Here's how you receive Jesus Christ. All you got to do is pray this prayer. And you can do it from anywhere. You can do it from your car. You can do it, you know, sit in your living room. And it goes like this. Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner. Your word tells us that Jesus Christ came, the sovereign creator. You humbled yourself and came to earth and you died. And three days later, you rose from the grave and conquered death for my sins. I received Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. And I know that my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. It's that simple. I tell you what, if you have just received Jesus Christ, let us know. Let us pray with you. Let us take that next step with you. Hey, it's such a celebration. Let us know. Man, it's the most important thing. That's why we do this. So we love you. Thank you for uh, for tuning in again, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.